You're listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We'll be joined by experts who will help us understand current issues and resources available to those diagnosed with blood cancer. Holidays and, you know, those things are, are, mean so much more now than they did prior to cancer entering our lives. This may potentially be a cure for some patients. We'll also be speaking with patients and caregivers who will share their cancer journey with us to better understand life after diagnosis and let you know you're not alone. Beforehand, my job was to earn a living for my family. My wife said to me, your job now is to live. And that's what I'm doing. I'm living my life the way I want to live it, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a much more fulfilling life. Let's get started. Welcome to The Bloodline with LLS. I'm Shona. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am on site right now recording at CancerCon, taking place this weekend in Denver, Colorado. And here with me is Micheline Toussaint, an oncology therapist in Fairfax, Virginia. Micheline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, and thank you for getting my name perfectly (laughs) pronounced. I appreciate it. I completely understand. People have problems with my name as well, so completely understand. So we're here at CancerCon right now, and for those who don't know, CancerCon is an event held every year by Stupid Cancer, which is an organization that provides support to young adults who are currently diagnosed with cancer or who are cancer survivors. Micheline, why do you believe that CancerCon is such an incredible experience for these young adult cancer survivors? Oh, it really is. Every year I come here, I just watch these attendees make connections, and I've I've watched sort of first-time attendees, maybe for the first time ever, realizing, wow, there's a lot of other people like me. It's just so inspiring and powerful to watch. I mean, you know, they get all kinds of education and they're great workshops here every year. But I think for me, what I watch happening is just the power of them making connections to Mm -hmm. somebody else like me going through this. Exactly, exactly. So could you tell us a little bit more about your background and what brought you to your profession? Yeah, I come to this as a trauma therapist. That was my first training. Then it's sort of a circuitous route how I ended up with oncology, which is my real love now. But I, you know, it's an interesting question to be asked. I think I've always had an interest in the human condition, like what makes people keep going during difficult times. I was raised overseas as a foreign service kid in countries where there really was tremendous hardship. I saw, you know, poverty, lack of health care, refugees having to relocate. And I just watched people over and over again just keep going. And mm. I think even back then I started being really curious, what, what about human beings keeps them going through the most difficult times? Uh, so I, I think it, you know, it's not, it's not surprising to my family and people that have known me that I grew up at, to become a therapist. And that's very much how I approach my work is how do I support people's resilience that's already there? I'm just fascinated by that quality. I am trained as a trauma therapist, and I really do look at cancer through the lens of trauma. I think it is, it a, is trauma. a trauma that mm-hmm. people have experienced. And the longer that um, I work at LLS, the more I realize that that's yeah, 100% true. Yeah, it, right? it fits very much so. I think my first experience with the topic we're talking about today in terms of survival guilt is I had a very close friend in high school whose mother was diagnosed with cancer and whose disease progressed very quickly and she died very quickly. And I didn't quite know what to say to her or anything and I was sort of awkward at that age. 
and not long after my own mother was diagnosed with cancer and she did the same kind of cancer and she did quite well with mm-hmm. her treatment and she went on to live another 20 plus years and I just always felt sort of strange about that like why did I still get to have a mother and she didn't right. and I it didn't handle it well and I think it sort of made me feel awkward around my friend and we ended up drifting apart so I you know I think that was my first sort of experience of ugh, you know why do, why do some people do well and some people not and how uncomfortable that is right right so as Micheline just described our topic for today is survivor's guilt and survivor guilt includes a sense of self-blame responsibility and sadness that often affects those who survived a trauma when others did not. It typically involves conflicting feelings, so you're happy to be alive, but you also are experiencing grief and guilt about another's death that could make you feel very confused or distressed, right? Yeah, and it's interesting that the term survivor's guilt sort of really came into common usage roughly in the 1960s as a result of watching Holocaust survivors and the aftermath mm. of that. So there was a, you know, a significant percentage of people that, that had survived the Holocaust, that these atrocities, and 20 years later were still not thriving just could not leave that behind mm. and so they you know psychologists were sort of really curious what's going on here and that the term survivor's guilt sort of came into common usage then right. it's we hear about it more probably in veterans and veterans of war yeah. now also it's a little late coming into the cancer community actually which i'm not sure why because it certainly is prevalent here but you know we hear about it more in other settings so it this can affect Anybody, really, anyone who's been through this type of traumatic situation, yeah, who might be vulnerable to experiencing survivor guilt? Within the cancer community, mm-hmm. right. so it is really considered a symptom of PTSD. What's unique in the cancer community is it's broader than just the patient themselves. Certainly, patients themselves are you know, at risk for feeling this, and for a variety of reasons. Not only, you know, I survived and somebody I was in treatment with didn't. That's mm-hmm. a common one, but also I didn't have as hard a time in my treatment. I hear this all the time, you know, I only did surgery. I didn't have radiation and chemotherapy. Um, People feel that they are feeling that they've had a quote unquote easier time with cancer. So a lot of sort of comparisons, somebody feeling that they've responded better to treatment might feel guilty about that. The other big one I hear, and it always surprises me, but it's very prevalent, is people feeling that now that they've survived, there's some guilt that I'm not living my best life. I'm not the poster mm. child for cancer. I'm not organizing walks. I'm not raising money. I'm not. <laughs> this is a huge one. It comes up over and over again, and I, I think people feel carry a tremendous burden of guilt over that. That's like it's a- not enough to just you know, just just live. It's not enough to survive, yeah, right? Yeah. It's almost as if they expecting or feel that they're expected to find a higher purpose in yes. their diagnosis. But yes. Yes. And, you know, some people do find some people meaning do. in that, and that's wonderful. But if that's not your thing, I, I it, it's amazing to me how often that becomes a huge burden. Like, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. And That's extremely interesting to think about it in those terms. We had a blood cancer session this morning at CancerCon, and Mm. we had a a therapist speak about the psychosocial Mm. effects of of cancer diagnosis, and she also brought up survivor's guilt. And one of the things I found so interesting was she was talking about that there's there's such a thing as healthy guilt. So say you've engaged in a behavior 
that doesn't quite align with your values yes. and you feel a little bad about yes. it, that's yes. actually good. It can help you realign Absolutely. and kind of course correct a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But there's nothing, when you have survived cancer, you've done nothing wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Well, and that's what's confusing about it. It's, it's not rational. Right. And you're absolutely right. Sort of healthy guilt does help us uh, correct courses or, you know, I, I hurt somebody and I can make reparations. That is a useful kind of guilt. A survivor's guilt, sometimes in the literature, it's uh, referred to as imaginal guilt, which I don't love because that sort of minimizes a little <laughs> bit because it feels very real to people. But it is a confusing form of guilt because there is nothing you've done wrong. I mean, all people have done is done what as human beings were programmed to do, which is to survive, to live, right? right? That's our, our core energy is to try to survive. And that's all they've done. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's not a rational thing. And that's what's maybe difficult to get your your arms around sort of because mm -hmm. it's not rational are there rational aspects to it so perhaps you know i'm feeling guilty because you know my mom had to take so much time off of work to be my caregiver or is that yeah. is that a different category than survivor guilt that is included in survivor guilt actually and that's another common one i'm glad you brought that up that's another common one i hear is the guilt at uh how much i've inflicted on my family that in my experience, that comes up a lot with adult survivors of childhood cancers mm. who often feel terribly guilty about the impact on their siblings or, you know, their parents' financial situations. I'm actually working with a young woman now who's was in and out of hospitals from age three to 13. So she's really mm. suffered and struggled. Mm -hmm. And she's a graduating senior this year, heading off to college. And you know, she's done really well, but she carries this enormous, enormous guilt about, mm -hmm. you know, what her younger siblings had to go through. And, you know, my dad could retire if I hadn't cost us so much money. And, you know, it's all self-generated. When I've met with the other family members, they're not feeling that. <laughs> they're just all thrilled that she's going off to college. Right, you know? So it's right. completely self-generated. I've seen similar things working at LLS. I've, you know, talked to to adult survivors of childhood blood cancers who still are experiencing PTSD. And you said yeah. that survivor's guilt is a symptom of PTSD. Yeah. And yeah. Would you say that this is the secret burden of cancer survivorship? I mean, it is a secret burden in that it's under talked about and it's not necessarily expected. I think mm -hmm. people expect when somebody gets through cancer treatment and is doing okay, that yay, everybody let's be thrilled right. and how, you know, how complicated in that is that? Let's all be happy. So I think this is unexpected. I think it's often, I also think that people that carry this don't feel they can share it with friends and families or when they do, friends and families sort of shut it down. Oh, don't feel that. Don't feel that. Don't feel that. So that, you know, and one of the things that we talk about a lot, it's actually really important to give it space to be talked about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learning to name it for what it is yeah. and, and being given space to talk about it is really important. Right. It's almost as if the rational side of the brain recognizes that this feeling is irrational and therefore they might yes. not want to give it that space. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, you know, loved ones don't want to see you struggle. So, mm -hmm. you know, oh, just don't feel that. Don't feel right, that right. is a common response, right. which isn't particularly helpful, but well-intended, <laughs> right. but not particularly helpful. So... 
So what are some coping mechanisms or some ways to overcome survivor guilt? Or what are some methodologies that you use to treat patients who are experiencing this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first really important one is to name it. Oh, that's what this is. It's a real thing. Others feel it. I'm not crazy. <laughs> to name it and kind of normalize it, recognize other people also have it. People really struggle. I like to educate people that this is a symptom of PTSD. It's real. Again, it's not rational, but it's real. You know, the suffering from it is real. Also to help people recognize that underneath that, very often survival guilt is a cover for deeper feelings that somebody doesn't want to feel. So it might be feelings of sadness, tremendous grief, anger, helplessness, and sort of helping them understand that, that it, it really sort of covers a bunch of other feelings that have to be moved through. We're also interested to know, is there any interesting research currently on survivor guilt? Yeah, not a lot that I'm aware hmm. of. I came across a study done by the Lung Cancer Alliance and ASCO uh, in 2017. There may be other research that's being done right now. I have not come across a lot, actually, not specific to cancer. Mm -hmm. um, there's research in, you know, with veterans and other communities, but I'm not coming across a lot with cancer. So I think we're really just beginning to explore this. Wow. Just starting to kind of yeah, bring it out of the shadows. Bring it out yeah. of the shadows. Long overdue. Yeah. It's yeah. Very long overdue. Yeah. Like you said, this has, I mean, I've seen, you know, adult survivors of childhood cancer. So they've been dealing with this for decades, yes. right? Yes. Right. Yes. Do you think that there's an association perhaps between survivor guilt and other burdens in survivorship? Yeah, I think it can delay people getting through sort of the feelings that we talked about. I, I think often when one has survived and others haven't, there is a grieving that, you know, hanging on to survivor's guilt delays that. I think also part of survivor's guilt is sort of touching onto the fragility of human life. Mm. And mm, that's, that's a tough thing to think about. And so I, I think, you know, because... Part of it also is sort of getting into some of the bigger existential questions, yeah. like why does one person live and one person not? Why me? Why, why me? not why me? Not me? Right. Yeah, and those right. are the big unanswerable yeah. questions that... And it directly conflicts, you know, confronting the fragility of life directly conflicts with what a lot of young adults, their default mindset might be, right, to be to feel invincible. Absolutely, you absolutely. Know? You're confronting something that you're not really supposed to confront at this time in your life. That, so there's a there's true. a disconnect. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. It's it's an odd thing to be thinking about life's fragility in your teens, twenties. You know, you're supposed to feel invincible. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I, I do think some of these unanswerable existential questions: why, why me, why not me? They are just difficult, and it, it's. It's difficult for people to be given space to explore those things. We as humans don't like not knowing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the truth is, there, there's still so much about the cancer experience that we just don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just don't know. And the human brain doesn't like not knowing. Right. So, and then it's different for every patient as well. Absolutely. Everyone's journey is, absolutely. is unique. Yep. 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 And, you know, no one signed up for this. No one said, yeah, I, I'd like to carry this tremendous survivor's guilt, you know, it just is inflicted. Do you think there are other topics that aren't being addressed enough, you know, pertaining to survivor guilt that 
you would like to shed light on for this podcast? Well, I think just some of the feelings that I've mentioned. I, mm-hmm. I do think um, how to how does somebody hold both feeling a sense of power in moving forward at the same time recognizing the sense of powerlessness over how other people do. So it's we're really asking people to hold two conflicting things mm-hmm. at the same time. And that's that's hard stuff. My own personal bias is that people sort of need space, whether it's a therapist or a, a group, a facilitated group, that is impartial, not mm-hmm. their families and friends, because I, I think this is it's hard for people that that are too close to allow somebody the space and the the bandwidth to explore some of these difficult feelings. Exactly. Because as you mentioned before, the friends and family are likely to say, oh, don't feel that way. Yeah. Whereas the impartial, yes. you know, the therapist yeah. might say, no, you absolutely have permission to feel yeah. this way. And yeah. then you can start to kind of work yeah. through. Right? Yeah. I do think it's important to have space for somebody to feel the sadness about, you know, peers that didn't make it. The, I'm, I'm sure that's happening at this conference mm-hmm. this year. I imagine there are people that didn't come back this year and other people are finding that out for the first time. And I think it's important to give space to that at the same time celebrating their own moving forward. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of holding both of those at the same time, which is hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So at LLS, we are all about the resources. Um, So could you recommend any particular support resources for those who are experiencing survivor guilt? Yeah, I mean, I'm always a fan of just finding what's local. Mm -hmm. If you have a, if there's a local support group, if there's a local therapist that either is connected with a cancer center or specializes in working with cancer patients, I think that's probably the best. Or actually, even in sort of rural areas where there might not be access to oncology therapists, any therapist that's trained in trauma work, I think, could, you know, help somebody through survivor guilt. I'm also a big fan of people using creative expression as Mm. a way to work through difficult feelings. So, you know, writing, drawing, movement, art, just, you know, getting out some of those feelings that sometimes it's difficult to find words for. Exactly. It's so interesting that you mentioned that. The the reason I know about this one young adult story about surviving childhood cancer and feeling um, survivor guilt and PTSD from that experience is because... um, I facilitated an expressive writing workshop okay. um, that was conducted all online at LLS, yeah, and yeah. you know they would share their writings, and then they would talk about how yes. that expressive writing made them feel, and yes. it was so therapeutic for them. Oh, absolutely! You know, so therapeutic, and yeah. I hadn't had much exposure to expressive expressive writing before, yeah. so I didn't know what to expect from the patients, yeah. and it was it was as if the clouds parted and they could like see yeah. clearly again yeah. just from the exercise of getting out you know what was inside this whole yes. time it was yes. absolutely amazing to see well, yeah and there's your homework to do another <laughs> one like that specific to survivor's guilt that's actually a great idea yeah. that's a great yeah. great idea yeah i and a colleague are doing a talk on this tomorrow and as part of our talk we're having people do a sort of self-reflective writing piece because i i do think that's an important part of it mm-hmm. is getting in touch with these other feelings that are underneath because mm-hmm. if you stay with just the, the survival guilt it doesn't go anywhere it's just sort of unmovable yeah. but really getting at some of the other things that underneath 
and you don't have to be a writer or an artist no, to no. benefit from these. You no. know, if people were hesitant to sign up for the program, saying, "Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not a writer. Yeah. I can't write." Yeah. No, you're, you're good. Just, Absolutely. just follow the instructions, and it just comes out. You yes, because it's right. not about the product. It's right. just giving expression mm-hmm. to something inside of you that's been bottled up that is wanting to be expressed. Exactly. So I'm a big fan of the creative ways of doing it. I'm so thrilled that you're doing that at LOS. <laughs> that's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Any other pearls of wisdom, perhaps? Yeah, the other thing I'm increasingly talking to people about is developing a practice of self-compassion. And I'm really interested in following the work of Kristen Neff, who's a top researcher in self-compassion. And you know, it's such a difficult thing for people to feel compassion for themselves. Uh, they can feel it for everybody else, but it's it, there's, it seems very difficult for us to apply it to ourselves. But I increasingly am seeing how much people suffer from mm. carrying this burden of survival mm. guilt. And to be able to just find a way to feel compassion for the suffering that they're going through, um, I think is really important. So again, I would encourage people to look up some of the stuff on self-compassion. There's mm-hmm. a lot coming out about it now. The other tool I offer people is a gratitude practice that, you know, people have been hearing about that for years now, just finding a couple things every day to feel grateful for. Um, It's a little tricky with the gratitude practice because I've had some people also turn that into another reason to feel guilty. Oh, I'm not grateful enough, (laughs) you know, and that that can sort of flip on (laughs) itself. But I think that could be another way to sort of offset the guilt is to find something in my life today that I'm grateful for. At some point, you know, I, I do think it's when somebody wants to sort of unburden themselves, it's almost like a decision they have to make. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just so tired of carrying around this, you know, burden my whole life. I'm just ready to lay it down. I may not feel that I deserve to yet, or you know what I mean? Sometimes it's sort of doing it before rationally you have argued your way into that Mm -hmm. at some point I I think it's a decision you make like I've carried this long enough it's not helping me it's not helping anybody else I think once people make that connection it's not helping anybody else for you to be burdened with Mm -hmm. this you know if you weren't one of the questions I often ask people is if you weren't carrying this heavy load what might else you're like what would your life look like wow you know what could you imagine your life like if you put laid down this heavy heavy burden and just to get people thinking about that. That's so interesting that you refer to it as a decision that, yeah. that you know, they, they can make to yeah. just, like, let it go. And, yeah, yeah. Right. Not an so, easy decision, not an but e- I, I think uh, it starts course. with yeah, just right. a decision. Just like, a decision. I've carried this long enough. It is not serving me. It's not serving anyone else. Hmm. I'm just going to lay it down. And not just. It's not that simple. <laughs> but but it, that is sort of mm-hmm. the, d- the decision part of it. Yeah. That is... That is so fascinating and, and so useful, I'm sure, for our, our listeners. Um, so to wrap up this podcast, like I said, LLS is all about the resources. So mm-hmm. I need to share with our listeners some of our resources, right. specifically for young adults and for all of our listeners as well. We have educational publications that are free and downloadable from our website. We also have online chats, which are moderated by an oncology social worker. So you can join a chat based on your diagnosis, or we have a chat for young adults as well. Similarly, we have an online patient support forum called LLS Community, 
which kind of functions like a Facebook-esque social media platform where you can create an account and just talk to other people who, you know, have been through what what you're going through or, you know, completely different diagnosis to, you know, get some different perspective. Um, And, you know, you can join groups, again, with your diagnosis or we have young adult group. If you're interested in fitness, we have one for that as well. So it's a great... It's a great tool to connect with people from all over the world. Really, we have patients from all over the world on that on, on the LLS community. We also have the Patty Robinson Kaufman First Connection program, where you'll be matched with um, a survivor who has been through pretty much what you've gone through. So you'll be matched for you know, age and diagnosis, and they can kind of walk you through what to expect when you are experiencing this diagnosis. And then finally, we have the Information Resource Center. Our information specialists are available to answer kind of the trickier questions, be financial. You have questions about finances, and they can provide financial aid or connect you to other educational resources and support groups. So we offer so many resources. We encourage all of our patients to take a look. Um, They're all available on our website, www.lls.org. So check those out today. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. I know I've learned a lot just by talking oh, to you. Been this has been great. And I know that our listeners are going to learn a lot from this as I well. I do feel like I have to put, put in one more pitch just for the organization that's sponsoring this conference for Stupid Cancer. Absolutely. They, they have a lot of stuff. So They do. Uh, online, they have a lot. Mm-hmm. Just go to Stupid Cancer and they have uh, online support groups and chats and similar. But LLS does a tremendous amount for the cancer community. Well, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. LLS. Thank you. Um, Well, if that's all, um, thank you again for being on this episode, and it was wonderful talking with you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to The Bloodline with LLS. We can be found on iTunes and other great podcatchers. You can subscribe at www.thebloodline.org. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Keep up with LLS by following us on Twitter at LLSUSA and Facebook at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Until next time.